room, you can't move, you can't speak. It's, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. You know, you're looking out into the darkness and then you see a figure, but it's darker than the darkness. I just get this like really creepy feeling and I see this, uh, this like shadowy demon looking figure in the front seat of the car. She used to come into my room at night and stand right by my bed and I just was petrified. I remember I saw something fly by my bedroom window. We heard the bathroom door shut. So then we looked out my bedroom window down the hallway and the bathroom door was wide open. So we came around the bend and we saw eye shine. This thing stood up. I mean, it stood up. And it had high pointed ears. It had a snout, it had a long arm, and it just it grabbed the deer. Okay, we are live. Guys, I am super excited to welcome our next guest. So let's get freaky. We have got Rob Guttrow with us tonight. How are you, sir? I'm I'm doing great, Tommy. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you, man. You're in, in Washington State, is that correct? Or Washington, D.C.? I used to be in Washington, D.C., but I recently moved to the great state of Maine. Oh, nice. Yes. I'm not just saying this. But I've I've decided I want to live in New England. <laughs> it's uh, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful place to be. Man, it is beautiful. Oh, that's cool. That is. I'm just trying to convince the wife. We've got to try and make it happen somehow. But <laughs> that's the dream one day. Well, I would I would highly recommend pursuing it because you will you will not be happier. Oh man, <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> Awesome, man. So you you are an author, paranormal investigator, a medium. Uh, have I missed anything? Have I got it all? <laughs> um, well, in my day job, I do actually have a day job, and that's a meteorologist. So I'm oh, a wow. scientist, scientist by trade. Man, that's cool. You're a cool guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just have a lot going on. Yeah, that's cool. I'd like to go sort of to where it all started for you to the beginning how did you get into the paranormal and how did you sort of start realizing that you had the abilities that you've got sure well i was uh, i was very young i was 13 years old and i was kind of kicked into it um if you will uh because my grandfather had passed away one december and uh and i was 13 and then uh in july in the summertime when I was home only with the family dog, he decided to show up in full color in front of me. And he scared the daylights out of me. Wow. Yeah. Um, so when I uh when I when my parents arrived home, I talked to them and I told them I had a great relationship with them. And and my mother said, Okay, we need to talk because my mom had the ability, she didn't use it. My grandfather had the ability, an aunt in my family had the ability, um, and that that aunt, it's a, a, I don't know, or second cousin rather, she used to solve murders in Massachusetts with the police back in the 50s, I think. Wow. That ability. So, wow. Yeah. 
so that 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 ability went away for me until 2005 when a puppy i had named buzz was killed by a car tragically and he reawakened that ability like crazy so he taught me how pets communicate from the afterlife as well as people interesting when you when you when you saw your granddad for the first time was he uh, was that a full-bodied apparition it was and he was in full color and that's r very rare for me to see someone like that um and, and i think that's probably why it was the most startling because you know i went to his wake <laughs> so i you know you see him laid out and then suddenly he's standing in in front of you seven months later and i was just i was scared to death yeah. really yeah wow how long did that experience last Oh, I only gave it a few seconds before I <laughs> yeah. before I ran outside. <laughs> yeah. So there was kind of a regret, you know, now that I'm a, a lot a lot older, that I wish I stayed and I asked him questions. But you know, when you're when you're a teenager and you say, see something like that, and you run. Have you ever seen a full body apparition? I have. Yes. In color. In color. When I was ten years old, oh I my woke. Gosh. Yeah, I woke up during the night and there was a man. I, we used to be in bunk beds, me and my brother, and I was on the top bunk. And I woke up during the night and I saw a man sitting at our desk, just sort of looking in my direction, full bodied. Um, I always say he looked like William Shakespeare. That was the sort of, when I see pictures of William Shakespeare now, it just takes me back to to seeing him. Um, it wasn't William Shakespeare. It was, a, it was just someone from that era. So that's sort of how mm -hmm. I just remembered it as a kid. But I could see his suit. He was wearing like a brown suit. I could see his beard. You know, I could see everything. It was just a, a man in my room. And I've screamed, got my mum to come in the room. And she couldn't see him, but he was still there. Sure. A and she calmed me down somehow. To this day, I don't know how. But um, I just remember going under the covers, sweating all night. I stayed in the room somehow. And every time I looked, he was still there. And he was oh there all night. Gosh. Yeah. So I had that experience. So I, so from that age, well, I've all, I feel like I've always known that there's more to this world, but that, that was from then on, there's no doubt for me that there's, there's so much more. <laughs> but really how frightening, I mean, just to, yeah. to stay in that same room, you know, I wouldn't have, <laughs> you, yeah, you, terrifying. you're a very brave guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was terrified. And I still say to my mom now, like, I can't believe you left me in the room. And she's, she says, sorry, <laughs> she, but it sort of set me on the journey that I'm on now. So I guess it's, it's quite cool really, but it, you know, it's quite a cool, it's, it's a cool thing to experience, even though it's terrifying. I've, I've had other experiences since, but that's the only time I've seen a full bodied, apparition that i know of i did actually see something else in that house as well i saw a naked lady walk past me full-bodied as well that i thought was my mum and it wasn't my mum so that that was another time that i saw a color um but yeah man it's so your house was old an older house no, or... no it wasn't no it wasn't an old house i don't know the exact age but it wasn't it was quite it was a newish house actually um I'm 36 now, so I'm trying to work out quickly how old it. I don't know actually, but it was right next to uh, a graveyard, so I don't know if that played a part. You know, I know that the guy that we bought the house of, uh, the lady, I always say the guy, he died in the house. His wife, okay. we bought. So I don't know if there's anything to do with him, but there was a lot of activity in that house. 
the, the whole family experienced things, but I was the only one who saw something like that. Wow. So, and, and where, what town was it in? So this was in Brentwood in the UK, uh, which is not okay. far from London. It's in Essex in, in okay. the UK. Yeah. So I'd like to go back to the house, actually, and sort of talk to the people that live there now. And it's something I'm thinking about going back and just seeing, you know, I don't want to scare anyone, but just say, do you, anything happen in here? You know, do you see yeah, anything weird Shakes- happening here? Shakespeare looking guy about? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't know but for me that's what sort of i've always known that there's more and that was yeah that was a big moment for me so we both had introductions when we were kids wow yeah and i think that's something you hear a lot when it comes to a lot of people that are really into the paranormal seem to have had some sort of experience when they was a kid because mm-hmm. i don't know if you're more open when you're a kid and then once you see it, you can't unsee it, and and you know that there's more. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've found that uh, the children are much more open to seeing uh, earthbound ghosts or spirits that have crossed over, and uh, it, because we, as we grow up, we're taught to use our logical minds that to dispel them and and deny them, so we eventually do deny them, um, and then it takes a while to reopen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of kids get told, oh, no, you've not seen anything. You know, it's it's fine. And and I don't know if you sort of put it to the back of your mind and you lose your abilities, maybe. I don't know. but Yeah, I, I shelved mine for decades. Yep. So after you saw your granddad, you wasn't having experiences right after that? or I was not. Um, I, I get too caught up in going to school and going to college and working jobs and so forth. And, um, and then in, uh, before my abilities really reawakened, um, I went back to school for a third time to get my degree in meteorology and my aunt appeared to me. She said she was on a, the lower level of the other side. And from her, I learned that there are three levels on the other side. Once you cross over. Um, and she was, she appeared as a shadow. So that now I understand why, uh, some people and pets appear as shadows. It's because it's all about energy with me. And if you think about it, they are energy, ghosts and spirits, ghosts, earthbound and spirits have crossed over energy that, um, have their memories and personality and the knowledge of this life. And they draw on energies in order to get strong enough to communicate. So when they don't have enough energy, they appear as shadows. They appear as shadow figures. It doesn't mean they're evil. It has nothing to do with their personality. It just means they don't have enough energy to appear in full color. Interesting. Because a lot of people, most people I say, most people I talk to have seen shadow figures. like that. Mm-hmm. They seem so common seeing a shadow figure. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it just means that the uh, the ghost or or the spirit <clears throat> doesn't have enough energy. And, and what what I've found, sci- as as a scientist, I try to explain it this way: <clears throat> when we die, the energies that that are within us couple with memories and personality and knowledge, and <clears throat> that becomes a soul, if you will. That that's a soul, and it's energy. And so we, in order to get strong enough to communicate, um. We have to draw on energies like heat, light, water, and electricity. 
all entities draw on those to communicate. But earthbound ghosts, ghosts that make a choice to stay earthbound at a fixed location they're familiar with, they also draw on negative emotional energies, and that is fear and anxiety and depression and anger. Those things fuel a ghost. Spirits of our loved ones, like my grandfather, drew on love and faith and hope and positive emotional energies. So um, I've gone into a number of haunted places and a number of paranormal cases, and I, I, I've even felt anxiety. And my anxiety was actually fuel for that ghost to make a noise or to make their presence known. So it's all about energy for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So when people go into haunted locations and they're putting out that that fear energy, that sort mm -hmm. of that's feeding the the entities. Absolutely, <clears throat> you might as well be given the bowl of granola. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Is that why sometimes, like a lot of the time, with with like haunted houses and stuff like that, a lot of the time there's like negative connotations to it. Is that why? Because they, they feed more, like it's easier to feed off negative energy. Which is, is yes. That... Yeah, exactly. So the earthbound ones, <clears throat> anyone who's earthbound as a ghost, I call a ghost the earthbound and a spirit the ones that have crossed over, like, like our grandparents and our pets and so forth. Those are spirits. <clears throat> they can appear, by the way, anywhere, anytime in the world, any place. Ghosts can only appear in the location they chose. So... Not only do they uh, feed off of negative emotions, but be, they radiate negative emotions. So if you have a ghost in your house, they will cause you to be more short-tempered with other living people, um, <clears throat> more anxious with other living people, more irritable. That's why I always tell people it's not a good idea to let the ghost stay in your house, even if they have a good personality. They just don't belong there. And you say this is a decision that that person makes when they pass to stay. They do. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so what happens that I've found is that we get a life review after we die. So we see our life like in seconds, <laughs> like everything we did, <clears throat> all the bad and all the good. And then people make a decision. Um, and they, and I found that a lot of people who are very devout to their religions fear crossing over much more than people who are less religious um, and that and that's because that's because religion teaches them some religions teach them that if you do you know certain things you're going to go to a fiery place you're going to go to a bad place for your eternity and that's not what spirits tell me on the other side they tell me it's nothing but love and peace on the other side and that hell if you will <clears throat> um which was kind of the image was kind of conceived by man like dante's inferno and so forth hell is really being trapped in a in a place on earth where you can't as a ghost where you can't talk to anybody for eternity unless you're lucky enough that a medium walks in your room yeah and you could yeah that is crazy and that is a terrifying fault to be trapped somewhere alone in the same spot and yeah, man, it's like being in an isolation prison cell for eternity. Yeah, with yeah. no escape. So, yeah, so, that that would be hell. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So, when when you saw your granddad, 
Mm-hmm. Would would he have picked to stay on this side or? No, he crossed over. Okay. So, and, and I know that because um, he, uh, if he, if he did decide to be an Earthbound ghost, he likely would have stayed in one of the houses that he lived in. Um, sometimes people stay where they work. Uh, I, I, I can't love understand. your job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't understand loving my job that much yeah. to want to stay and haunt my office. So <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely not staying where I work. That is for sure. <laughs> um, no, I think my yeah. Uh, so my granddad crossed over. So that means that he can he could appear to me anywhere, any place in the world, and um, and and that happened with my aunt uh, because my aunt passed in 1983, and she appeared in 1997 in Kentucky when I was going to school in Kentucky for meteorology. So she had crossed over. That's why she was able to to appear to me, and. One thing that I've found is that being a medium, earthbound ghosts and spirits who've crossed over both can sense mediums. They can sense your energy and they know that you can read their energy. So that's why they come to you. When your when your aunt came to you, was you was was that the first time you'd seen someone else since your granddad? It was. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was the very first time since my granddad. So that- and I, and I, I wasn't afraid, although she was a shadow figure, because I knew it was her. I just knew it was her. So y- you, know, you could see the the shape of her. Um, not so well. Even well, <laughs> it was in my room, and I was I was asleep, and she woke me up out of a sound sleep, and it was dark. So all I could see was the shadow at the end of my bed, but I knew it was her because I could hear her in my head. And she said, I need forgiveness from your mother so that I can move to the next level of the afterlife. Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> and I, my mother has passed, by the way. Um, and so I can, you know, so I can easily tell the story. But it took my it took me 25 years to convince my mother to forgive my aunt on the other side. But, you know, with some sisters and brothers have love hate relationships. Yeah. 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 Families, families, man. Families, right? <laughs> I, I've had that as well, where I've woken up on numerous occasions, and and a figure's been standing over me. I've Gosh. had that. I've not communicated; it's just been fear, and and it sort of disappears. But I've experienced that, and that that's terrifying as well for me. So you you actually feel fear when you wake up and you see them? Um. Well, actually, the first time it ever happened to me, I was twenty one years old. And okay. I didn't, I didn't know anything about shadow figures or things like that. I didn't know about, I knew ghosts and things, obviously, but um, I didn't know about shadow figures really. And I saw this, what, what looked like a man standing over my bed. At the time, I thought it was my brother, but it wasn't my brother, uh, and it disappeared. But I just remember the the fear, like I was terrified. Um, and it's happened more recently, like literally in the last year. And I've not been, I'm still scared. I still wake up and I'm like, it's still a scared feeling, but not that terrified feeling that I had when I was 21. I don't know if that's because I know a little bit more about it now. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, but yeah, it's still not something that that I like. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. I I, I don't like it either. Um, and the, what's interesting about having this ability as a, as a medium 
um, I can actually see them in my mind as well. If I can't see them you know, physically, and I don't usually see them physically, um, but I sketch them out. So um, my books are, my books have different sketches of ghosts that I encountered. Um, and then uh, we com we've compared my sketches to um, uh, like those of an infrared camera that were taken in one instance in my case files of inspired ghost tracking book. There was a gentleman who was a steel worker in Baltimore and he stayed behind and uh, the tech team had gone into the property like the week before and they were taking pictures and so forth. And I didn't know anything, you know, that we don't learn anything until the mediums go in afterward. And I sketched them out. And then the manager of the group emailed me the picture from the infrared camera and said, this looks exactly like the guy that you drew. And that's in my book. <laughs> so, oh, man. Yeah, there was that's another awesome. one where... I went into a uh, I went into a place that used to be a church and it became a museum and there was a um, there was a, another gentleman he had spectacles on he was balding and he had hair on the sides and he was the one that was there and I I sketched him out the way I saw him and when I gave it to the person who was running the museum she she stopped me and she said stay right there I have I have to go get the history book from the church. So she went and found it. She opened the page and it was just like the guy that I drew. It's so it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy when um, when I can see them that well sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So you can feel them trying to connect with you and then you can, mm -hmm. just, you can just sort of, you know who it is. Yeah, I, I so I I don't know their identity right off the bat, but sometimes sometimes I have to figure figure it out, and I've I've done that in many instances. Um, so, is this something you have to deal with on a daily? Are you getting messages coming through and spirits coming through every day, or is it something you can sort of switch off and open yourself up to? Well, it's a kind of a yes and no answer. <laughs> it depends on where I am. Um, here at home, I don't, you know, there's no earthbound ghosts here. So, um, uh, and when I'm, you know, living my life and walking around, usually um, I I block things out, except when I'm on vacation because I'm in my most relaxed state. So my defenses are down. And I'm, you know, I'm just trying to enjoy myself and focus on the vacation. And that's when they all come in when I'm on vacation. So that's why I have that series of books called Ghosts on a Medium's Vacation. Because all the dead people like to talk to me whenever I travel. Oh, man, you're just trying to chill. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting, though. That when you're when you're relaxed and you're, you're open, as you say, things can just come in and wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I do, I also do pet readings. I know we haven't talked about pets, but um, I do that on the weekends. <clears throat> I, I do pet spirit readings. So 99% of our pets, by the way, cross over into spirit. It's very rare that some will stay behind. I've only met four that have stayed. And for reasons that they were attached to their pet parent. Um, but um I do pet readings and I have people send me their pet's picture and their pet's name and any questions. And then I do them in the privacy of my own home and in a quiet computer room. 
and get messages. And uh, <laughs> all my books are filled with confirmations from these readings that the pet parent will allow me to, to share. So I could invite them in, in spirit. Yeah. But for the most part, I don't, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's I, cool. I like to watch a good, you know, I like to read a good book or watch a, a TV show without a dead person knocking on my yeah, door. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you about the, the pets passing on. I put a question out on social media recently um, asking people if, if they ever seen uh, one of their past pets. So many people, so many people got back to me with their experiences of, and it's normally the same sort of thing. It's normally they'll feel them, they'll hear them, they'll know that they're there right after they're passing. And then it's sort of like a confirmation that they've passed and that they're okay. And then they move on. That That's sort of the, and it's happened to, to my brother as well. Happened to my brother. Oh, no when, kidding. What, yeah. So what, when I, what did your brother experience? So my, we had a dog called Stan. He was a staffy, lovely dog, beautiful dog. And he, he passed and me and my brother, we used to share a room and the dog was in our room as well. So it was the three of us in a room. We, we all had our names on the door. Even the dog had his own name on the door as oh, well. That's great. Uh, we loved it. He was, he was just like another brother, you know, we, was, we loved him. I moved out before my brother did. So I I'd moved out. So I wasn't living there at the time when he passed, um, but they still had my name on the room and it was still our room basically, but I wasn't there, but, uh, Stan passed away. Um, my brother was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And he used to hear for a couple of weeks after, he used to hear him running up the stairs, like just like he was there. Like that's what he'd hear it. And he would feel him jump between his legs, like he used to mm-hmm. do and sleep. That's what he used to. He always used to want to be by our legs on the bed and sleep. And my brother used to feel it and 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 just felt him there as well, obviously. And and, and another weird thing that happened, the, these signs that we had in our door, his name fell down, which I don't know if that that was quite strange because it was they was there for years and it was it was quite weird how that happened after he passed as well. Um so yeah, we we experienced that. And my brother's not a massively spiritual person, but he he, you know. He's not like me, as open to it all as, as I am, but he'll tell you that, that happened and he felt that. Wow. Well, if that didn't convince him that spirits will come back to visit, I don't know what would. That's <laughs> what I say to him. I <laughs> say so you experienced that. He literally used to feel him between his legs and hear him. And yeah. So it, that that brings up a really good point. And one thing I tell people is that when uh, when pets come back, to to give us messages they often come back number one right after they pass because they want to make sure that we know they're okay and number two um they will usually do the same things that they did when they were alive like lay down between your brother's legs um or lay against somebody's back or um a cat would walk across a bed or run up and down stairs so yeah, so that's how it works. Those are just some of the signs that that pets give, but they do do the same thing that they did in life. Yeah. So is that just like just sort of sort of a, a knowing that they're? Is it like a message that they're giving to you as well, or is it just they're just living out their routine? Well, it's kind of both. <clears throat> so they're they're living out their routine 
because they want us to know that they're still here in spirit, <clears throat> even though they know that they've crossed over. Um, it's important for us to know that they're still the same loving dog or cat <clears throat> on the other side that they were when they were alive. So it's really comforting. Um, yeah. I, I do lectures about uh, about how pets communicate from the afterlife. Um, and I, I do fundraising lectures for animal rescues up and down the, uh, the U.S. East Coast. And um, I always have people share their stories. And everybody has a story. It's amazing how many people have experienced different things from their pets. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've spoken to so many people that have shared that similar experience where they can still hear and feel their pet after they passed for a few days or, or a week or whatever it is, but just sort of, then you get that comfort that they're, they're still there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, after our, uh, our dachshund Franklin passed, Franklin was a um, 16 and a half year old dachshund who never missed a meal. <laughs> he never missed a treat. <laughs> um, the night of his passing, um, he, uh, I, in our house at like 7.30 or 8 p.m., I always have three treat time for the rest of our dogs. So, and they know when I say three treat time, they come out and they line up. Um, so that night that after Franklin had, had passed, um, I announced it was three treat time. The other three dogs came out and they lined up and they left a space for Franklin. So I knew that Franklin was right in the middle there. That's number one. Number two, while I was standing there in the corner of the kitchen, this was in May that Franklin passed, and it was 90 degrees I, when I was living in Maryland. Um, the left side of my, my body had physical chills on the, on the left side. So, And the right side of my body was hot. <laughs> and so I knew that Franklin had materialized right on the left side, near the left side of my body. And as a scientist, I actually also can explain cold spots to you. So Franklin showed up for his three treats, created a cold spot, let me know that he was there, and the other three the other three dogs saw him because dogs and cats can see spirits and ghosts. So, so, so have you ever heard an explanation for why there's a cold spot when there's a ghost or a spirit? No, I'd love to hear that. Okay. Well, that's, see, this is what you get for talking to a scientist. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's so cool, yeah. So I've tried to explain everything with energy. So um, we talked about how ghosts and spirits are energy with memories and personality. And to get strong enough, they need to draw energy from somewhere. So I thought about temperature and how temperature changes and how it's associated with energy. And what I've concluded is that uh, they draw from the molecules of air, the air molecules, they draw the energy of motion from them. Because fast-moving molecules of air in the tropics are warm air. And slow-moving molecules of air in uh, in the Antarctic are uh, cold air. So, so what they do is they take that energy and it slows the molecules down. And by slowing the molecules down, it creates a cool spot. And that's why they're, that's why uh, you feel cold spots when they're trying to manifest, when they're trying to show up. Wow. Because I've, talk, I've talked to people as well that investigate the paranormal like you do. And 
they'll say that they'll go into a cold spot. And on some occasion, you can even feel, you can you can put your hand in a cold spot and sort of feel the energy, if that makes sense. That's how people have explained it to me. I've never felt that, but it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. So now you know what, you know why now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get a cold spot, there is, there's something there. There's someone, yeah, there's someone who is trying to come together and get strong enough to give you a message that's wow. that's standing there. Yeah. Can I ask you, this might be a difficult question. H- how hard is it for a spirit to manifest full-bodied? I mean, because it's, it's obviously something that's quite rare because not many people see full-bodied apparitions. Is, is it something that is that's really difficult and rare to see? Yeah, it's extremely difficult. It, it's and it, it's extremely rare to see that. So um, yeah, so my grandfather is an example. Um, he is uh, he's the only full body apparition I think I've ever seen. Um, I have seen my dog Buzz, but I only saw him from the middle to the tail, <laughs> walking wow. away from me physically and in full color. Um, wow! And and I thought he was my other dog. And when I when I went to go look for my other dog, my other dog was sleeping in another room upstairs. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's how I knew that uh, I, I had seen my dog Buzz that had passed away. Because yeah, I was going to ask you, you said at the start, your first, so you, you had your, your granddad experience and then you something happened with your pet. Was that the dog that you saw? Yes. Yeah. So... It, it, so it was my grandfather and then my aunt as a shadow figure. And then my puppy in 2005, um, he was tragically killed by a car when his leash opened. Um, but he's the one that opened the doors for me and started giving me messages immediately. He, he moved things um, with the help of a human spirit on the other side. He gave me musical signs. Um, he did. He, he led me to another dog that looked exactly like him on the anniversary of his passing. Um, wow. so, so people will read all these things in my books and, and they will be able to understand what to look for. Yeah. Wow. You said some, you said it's rare, but some pets stay. Can you give us some examples of, of, would that, would that just be the activity that you're hearing and feeling, but just constantly? Uh, it, well, it depends on the pet. So, um, I met three cats and one dog. And one of the dogs, and the the dog that I met was there in England. <laughs> oh wow! He cool. was at whereabouts um, was that? Um, he was near Baker Street, I think. He was Sir John Soane's museum. Uh, John okay. Soane is an architect from the eighteen hundreds, I think. Is that is that um, in London? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, and when I walked into this museum, it's now a museum. It used to be his house. Um. Uh, there was a little black dog with black and tan dog that was running around <clears throat> when I opened the door to the museum and I, <clears throat> I turned to my partner and I said, that's crazy. There's a little dog running around in here and this is a museum. And he said, there's no dog here. <laughs> and I said, I, yeah, but there is. <clears throat> so um, I saw the dog a couple of times running through the museum back and forth when I was walking through and <clears throat> we walked into this, this room and in this room, there was a giant painting. It had to be probably 16 feet high by, I don't know, 
six feet wide and it was a painting of a woman <clears throat> and in her lap was this little black and tan dog and i i looked at it and it said it was mrs johnson and her dog fanny and fanny is the one that stayed behind so i found out that fanny <clears throat> by communicating with the dog i found out that fanny was so devout to his mom mrs Sohn, that when he passed, um, he stayed. And then he continues to stay. He doesn't want to cross over because he loves greeting people like me at the door. And he's been doing that for 120 years. <laughs> so, um, so cool. And what's interesting about that is that I, I asked a couple of people about a ghost dog in there. And several people said, yes, they've Everybody that works there has seen little Fanny running around. Um, so, and then they asked me if there was any people, any human ghosts, and I said no, there's no human ghosts. And they, and they said that's correct. Nobody has reported a human ghost. Only little Fanny running around. Interesting. <laughs> so that's, that's in my so book, cool. Ghosts of England. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, all the all the links to your books will be in the show description, so people can find your books. That's awesome, man. Interesting. So I actually saw in, in the house that I'm in now, mm -hmm. I actually saw a black cat run past me oh. while, while we was all having a family dinner. And I jumped out of my skin because we, we haven't got a black cat. And this is before <laughs> I have, this is before the dog that I've got now. We've got a dog now, but I didn't at the time. And I jumped because I see him run past me, a black cat. And I've looked all around the house and no windows are open. We don't have a cat. Uh, there is black cats on our street, but you know, yeah, there wasn't a cat in the house, and I saw a full. I've not seen it since, but yeah, that that was weird. Interesting. So, it, uh, um, whenever what I always tell people is that whenever they see a ghost <clears throat> or <clears throat> or a spirit, make note of what day it is and what time it is, because that date <clears throat> and that time maybe something relevant to the identity of the ghost or the spirit. Is there, is there something to do with like dates of passings and stuff like that, that it's, it's easier for spirits to come to show themselves, to manifest into our, is, is there something to do with that or? I'm, I'm not sure if it's easier, but usually they like to do the date thing because it actually helps prove their identity. Oh, wow. It's, it's really about giving clues to their identity. Um, so <clears throat> I, I mentioned that um, that I saw a, uh, a dog that looked like my dog Buzz that passed. And that happened when I was on vacation. So spirits can come to you on vacation too. It doesn't matter where you are. <clears throat> um, and, and when I was in Puerto Rico on vacation, never hadn't been there before, we had to decide what street to go down. There were like five streets in front of us. <clears throat> and my partner says to me, which street do you want to go down? And I said, I don't know, you know, <laughs> never been here before. So I felt the urge to go down one street. And when I did, when we got all the way down at the end of that street, there was a man walking dogs and he was walking, I don't know, five or six dogs. One of the dogs, Tommy, was <clears throat> a dead ringer for Buzz. Exactly. The same breed, Weimaraner, gray, green eyes. <clears throat> um, and and I heard Buzz in my head suddenly when I saw that dog. And he says, Dad, do you know what day it is? And I, I thought, what in the world? What day is it? And <clears throat> 
so my partner said it's February 22nd. And I said, oh my gosh, this is four years to the day that Buzz passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Buzz nudged me to go down that street. So I would purposely see another dog to remind him, to remind me that he's still with me even four years later. Wow. That's awesome, man. That gave me goosebumps. I know. <laughs> wow. So, so they have all kinds of stories like that in these Pets in the Afterlife books. Yeah, man. It's amazing. That's so, And it's so comforting to know because there's something special. Like Our pets are part of the family. Oh, absolutely. For, for so many of us, you know, they're, they're just, we love them as much as we love anyone in our family. They're so important. Um, especially with my family. So like, we love all our dogs and cats and, you know, so it's it's always a very sad time when they pass. Uh, well, we raise them like children. And, you know, as humans, children are not supposed to outlive us. And that's what makes it so hard. And there have been a lot of psychological studies that I've read. Um, I cited one, I think, in one of the books that said that that's why people grieve so deeply when they lose a pet. Because it is really like losing a child. Yeah. 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 You take care of them. You, you see them every day. They love you as much as you love them, you know. Yeah, man, it's yeah, but very comforting to know that they're always there. Absolutely, I, you know, I always tell people that they, the only thing that they do that, excuse me, that they don't do that humans do, is that they don't grow up and marry someone you don't like and move away. Yeah, <laughs> pets don't do that. Yeah, they're loyal. They stay. <laughs> They're loyal, right? <laughs> so when when they when they pass, obviously we, we all go to the same place once you cross that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. And um, I found that humans are, are are relatives in spirit or friends in spirit are on the other side, and they're encouraging the dog or cat or horse or whatever bird to go across. Um, not that they really need the encouragement because. Because pets can sense a good thing. They can sense a happy place, you know, with, with good energy versus a, a bad place. You know, they just like in life, in life, you know, pets will, any animal will run away from something that gives bad energy or has a bad feeling uh, or gives dread. So that's why conversely they run to the light because it's nothing but love and peace. So yeah, and and our relatives are there waiting for them. We, I've had, uh, and I've had proof of that too. I, I, have, <clears throat> I have several stories in my books about the, how relatives have proven that they're there for uh, for our pets. Would you Would you mind sharing sharing one of them or? Oh no, not at all. <clears throat> um, Thank you. So uh, there are there's one that's really difficult though for me to to talk about. Because this is about this is about my uh, my Weimaraner Dolly. Dolly is um, Dolly is pictured behind me. Um, she's up here. Um, she's in my my Pets in the Afterlife three book. She was a Weimaraner. She lived to be almost sixteen years old, and she passed in twenty twenty. And she was my what what I call a heart dog, which means that out of all the dogs you have, she's one of the absolute closest ones. So we we could read each other's mind. All she had to do was look at me and I, I would say, okay, I know what you want. And, and, <laughs> and I would look at her and she would say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get up and we're going to get ready to go out. Or so we, we were really kindred spirits, if you will. 
So anyway, long story short, in the last year of her life, she was incontinent with number one and number two. So she wore a diaper. She would sleep out in the kitchen in a long, in a big bed instead of in the bedroom. But she was bonded to our little dachshund, uh, Tyler. And they would sleep together. They would eat together. They would play together. Um, so in the last year of her life, every night, Tyler and I would go into the kitchen and I, I would lay my head on her bed and Tyler would cuddle up against her and we would let wait till she slept got, fell asleep and then i would pick tyler up and carry him in my room so we wanted to make sure dolly slept the last night that she was with us um uh, there was a there was a disc that slipped from her spine and she was almost 16 so it was inoperable um and she lost the, the use of her back legs immediately it was like five o'clock at night. We had to call the vet for the next day to come out and help her cross. Um, but that night, Tyler and I were sleeping on her bed with her. And she woke up at three o'clock in the morning and she was staring at part of the kitchen. And I kept trying to get her to put her head down. Now, here's a dog who just lost the use of her legs, could hardly sit up, but she was sitting up and she was staring. And when I looked at that side of the kitchen... Tommy there, this is hard for me. There was my mom and dad in spirit, our friend Ed, um, our dog Franklin that just passed, Buzz, and our dog Sprite. And they were all standing there and they were waiting. And it was just for like, I don't know, 15 seconds. And they faded. And I knew they were waiting. And... um. The next day after Dolly passed, I sent a note to my friend Ruth Larkin, who is a medium. And I told her, I just sent her a note and I said, you know how close I am to Dolly. <clears throat> Dolly passed today. And she wrote me back and she said, Rob, I want you to know that she's okay. She said, there to greet her were your mom and dad. This guy that I have no idea who he is. <laughs> and she said there were three dogs there. And she said one of them was Franklin. I don't know who the other two were. And they were, the other two were other dogs that I – so she confirmed in a text message the exact people and animals that I saw in the kitchen the night before Dolly passed. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. Yes, it's a, it's a hard story for me to tell. Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. I can imagine. You gave me goosebumps again the second time. <laughs> Man, oh wow! I mean, that's that's so, so but uh, amazing as well, you know, to see that. I mean, wow! When yeah. when you saw when you saw your family, the other side, were they? Was that full bodied? It was actually. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah, that was the other thing that was weird. I yeah, I forgot about that. That's. And um, our friend, well, a, a spirit that I befriended that I never met in life. He was the guy. <laughs> wow. wow. He was. So I wrote a book about him, too. It's called Kindred Spirits, How a Medium Befriended a Spirit. Because I never knew him in life. But uh, he's come to me all the time since I've been with my, my husband and um, I've, I've grown to know him so well that he's like a best friend that lives in another state. And he's told me so many things about 
their lives together long before me, like 20 years before me. And, and uh, then I get confirmations <laughs> from my partner. He's like, I don't like you talking to him. <laughs> wow. So, wow. Is, yeah. he, is he, is he like a spirit guide or? He, yeah. So he kind of is with, with, with us. Um, so he, um, so, so the kindred spirits book is really crazy because he, number one, he's proven that he is one of the people that's always there when our dogs pass. He's done it three times now and he does it with a coin. So coins are, a, can be aside from spirit. Look at the, the date on it and that will give you a clue as to who it is. Ed passed in 1996 and and I have to tell you, Tommy, I have more 1996 coins than any other year ever because he's always throwing them at me. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. amazing, man. That is cool. I, I don't want to keep keep you on sex. I know that's very sad for you to talk about it, but you, you said your dog sort of perked up because he knew he was seeing what you were seeing as well. Yes. You, you hear that quite a lot with pets and with people. That when mm -hmm. they're when they're about to pass, they mm -hmm. have a moment of where they seem to be, ah, oh, you know, they seem to be, ah, oh, he's he's got all of a sudden got a lot of energy, seems to be yes. talking and very is there something to do with that? Um the, there's a couple of reasons why they do that. So our dog Sprite did that. We uh, Sprite had a tumor that burst in his nose, and we, uh, after an ER overnight visit, they let us keep him for a couple hours, and have the dog say goodbye to him. And so we made the appointment for him at like midday the next day, so that we could put him to sleep. And he had not been eating for like three days, but that day on the drive to the vet. I had his favorite treat, which was a bacon strip, bacon flavored thing. I just brought it. I don't know why. I just brought it. And so he ate the entire thing and he showed a burst of energy. And and that made me feel guilty. That made me feel awful kind of, but that's not what his intent was. His intent was to show me that he's so happy that we recognized it's time for him to pass, that he ate that treat. And that's why they sometimes show a burst of energy because we finally get it. We finally understand their message. I mean, uh, animals definitely seem like cats and dogs. They definitely seem to be aware of, of things around us. I, I notice it with my little dog now. He stops and he'll look at something. He can see something. He, he sometimes barks at the corner of the room. It feels like he can see something. I remember with my old dog, Stan, there, there was mm -hmm. a time when me and my brother, we used to sit up and, and watch telly on the couch, and we had two couches in the room. And I remember one night, Stan perked up. He, he, was, he saw something on the couch, went crazy, jumped on the couch, and you could sort of tell that when he got onto the couch, he was like, where's it gone? Whatever he could see. He was like, it was <laughs> really? So I feel like... They're all they're, as like kids are open. It feels like animals are open like that their whole life. So yeah. So and I explained that there is a scientific reason why they can see ghosts and spirits. So I explained that in my books too. Is that and I've learned that they have different cones and rods in their eyes, and th that configuration of cones and rods enables them to see faster movement. And spirits and ghosts move at a faster vibration than 
than we can see as humans. So they don't need a high-speed camera like we do as investigators. They can see them head on. Also, they hear at different frequencies. So like um, dog whistles cannot be heard by humans. They're different frequencies. It, it just sounds, it's like silence to us. But dogs can hear it. Cats too. Um, when spirits communicate, they often communicate at different frequencies that we can't hear. But if we're using a digital recorder and we play it back, we can hear their answer because it picks up different frequencies. The one thing that will freak out a pet when they see a ghost or spirit is that it takes so much energy for a, a spirit of a dog or cat to manifest that they can be visible and you can hear them. But I've found that it takes way too much energy for them to replicate scent. And dogs and cats are scent. They're scent oriented. So imagine being a dog or cat and you're looking at another dog or cat that shows up and you can hear them. You can see them, but you can't smell them. It doesn't make any sense. And that freaks them out. So sometimes cats are more apt to run the other way. <laughs> so there's the science for you. Yeah, man. It's so interesting. How does, because obviously you're a scientist, and I always find it fascinating to talk to scientists. How does the community in science in general, and this might be another difficult question, see the paranormal side? Is, is it difficult being a scientist and being so open with the paranormal or... Um, I just don't tell the other scientists, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what they don't know won't hurt them. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's important that I, I try to prove everything I get. And if I can't explain something, I really look hard for the explanation in a scientific way. Yeah. So That's cool, man. I think that the paranormal will be explained in terms of science eventually if more people start looking at it from a scientific perspective yeah because i've been able to explain things that make total sense to me so yeah hopefully others think, will too do you think it's something that in the future is gonna it feels like with the paranormal is becoming more open people are a lot more happier it seems to talk about like everyone most people have had some sort of paranormal experience in their life the, mm -hmm. the, amount of, the amount of people I talk to that go, oh, no, I'm not sure. But then they tell me this incredible story. And I'm like, how can you not be sure that there, there's more? So it does feel like people are opening up more. And, you know, hopefully the more we talk about it, the more everyone looks into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, in, it's unfortunate that people have to some most people have to have an experience before they believe in it. But um, uh but there are, you know, people that subscribe to certain religions around the world are taught not to believe it um, or, you know, taught that, <laughs> that we're talking to, to some kind of ridiculous demon or something, which is absolutely not the case. Uh, you know, unless you're unless you called your grandmother a demon, then, you know, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah, maybe she was tough. I don't know. Yeah. But. <laughs> Rob, this has been awesome, man. We're coming. We're coming to the hour mark. I don't know if you if you've got time to carry on for a bit longer, or if we need to to start wrapping it up. But this has been a fascinating conversation, man. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, sure. I, I'll, I'll be happy to stay on for a little bit longer. Sure. Awesome. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you. See, you had the experience where where you saw your aunt, and, and you connected with your aunt. Was yeah. that was that the start of 
you becoming a medium and, and opening up and was that the start of it all for you? Um, it really, no, actually it really wasn't. I, because after, after my aunt, um, that was just a thing that kind of lingered for 25 years, that one thing. And I, I never saw another ghost, um, or, or spirit, um, until my dog passed in 2005. So it was another eight years, I think. Um, and then things changed. <laughs> yeah. So what, so what happened to fully immerse you into this? So when, when Buzz passed and he conveyed all these different signs to me, um, I wrote them all down. I used to keep a diary. Um, and so I can't, I, I started looking back on the diary about all the different signs that he gave me. And I thought, you know what? This would probably, people would probably find this very helpful and comforting to know how their pets are communicating with them. And that was the impetus for me to write the first book. Um, and while I was writing that book, my dad passed away. And he passed away in 2008. Um, and my dad, he, he really changed things for me. He's the one person on the other side that changed things for me because he helped me prove to my mother and my brothers that he was at his own wake and his own funeral. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy. And I'll be happy to share that story with you. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Sure. It was, um, so it's in my book, Ghosts and Spirits Explained. Um, that's one of the stories that I have in there. And um, so my parents were married 53 years, long time. And my my mother, who was a little Italian woman who was very, you know, headstrong. <laughs> She's very affectionate, but she was very headstrong. Um, she, um, she always told my dad, my dad liked to use handkerchiefs. And um, my mother always said, I remember this when I was a kid. My mother always said, they're disgusting. Handkerchiefs are disgusting. And she always used to make my dad wash them separately in the laundry. She said, I don't want your snot on my clothes. <laughs> this is my, she was fiery. <laughs> so, um, so that said, um, my mother never bothered with his handkerchiefs at all. And so during, during the wake, uh, when my dad was being waked, I could sense him there in the funeral home and I was watching where he was going and what he was doing. And he would come over to me and he would say things and, and I would share them with, with um, my partner. And my brothers really didn't believe what was going on um, because they had no proof. You know, I had no proof for them. Um, and, and so at my dad's funeral, the next like, two days later, I was sitting in the front pew with with um, my next to my mom and my partner was next to me and my brothers were behind us one one row and I saw my dad on the on the um what do you call it the altar and he walked around and he walked over to me and he stood next to me and I was looking at him <laughs> so I'm looking at him and and my my mother is of course crying hysterically in her Kleenex and it's falling apart and my dad looks over to me and he leans over and he says, Rob, tell your mother to use my handkerchief. And I just said out loud, I said, what? <laughs> and my mother looked over at me and, and he said, my dad said it again, two more times. 
And I said, okay, okay. And my mother says, who are you talking to? There's nobody there. And I said, it's dad. And I said, um, he said, he wants you to use his handkerchief. And my mother's eyes just went wide and her mouth opened. And she reached into her purse and she pulled out my dad's handkerchief for the first time in 53 years. And she said, how did you know? And I said, because he's standing right here and he told me. I said, I had no idea you had that. And my brothers were astounded. So I proved to wow. my mom and my brothers that my dad was at his own services. And we all go to our own services, by the way, because we want to see who comes. <laughs> oh, man. You've given yeah. me goosebumps again. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a record. I think you need a sweatshirt. <laughs> I do, man. I do. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. And so my, my dad was, uh, my dad also taught classes at night. And every time I do lectures or, or like interviews or talk to anybody or even write, because uh, my dad loved to write and he loved to read, I always feel my dad around. So, so he's here. He's here with me tonight. Yeah, oh, I love that. He wanted, me to, he wanted me to throw that story out if I had time. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Know, and Tommy, it's especially relevant today. He wanted me. To be, I I know now why he wanted me to tell you that story because today would have been his ninety fifth birthday. Oh wow! Today. So thank you for letting man. me honor my dad on what it would have been his birthday. No, thank you and happy birthday, man! I mean, thank you very much. Wow. <laughs> that's incredible man yeah <clears throat> so he's wow. uh, he's made himself known and he, my dad had a very um, quiet sarcastic kind of sense of humor so after he passed um, I would call my mother every day and, and you know check on her and just talk to her and everything and, and she lived 400 miles away from me so um, my dad loved to play with the electricity in, in her home before he died, there was nothing wrong with the electricity in her home. But after he died, he was playing with the electricity. And we had a light. <clears throat> My mother had a lot. Uh, her bedroom was at the end of a hallway. And she would walk down the hallway. And without touching the switches, suddenly the light would go on and off, on and off. And, and I remember a couple of times I would call her and she'd be walking over the portal of phone. Um, and the light would be going on and off and she would stop and she would cuss my father out <laughs> and she would say, stop playing with the light. Wow. So, so it, it was, it was kind of funny, but he was always around her. He was protecting that's her. So from the cool. side. <laughs> that's so cool. And that's so comforting as well. It is. it is. It really is. And you say that it's common for people to go to their wake. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Almost everybody does. Wow, yep. That's such a, yeah, that's awesome, man. So, yeah. I mean, wouldn't you want to know who comes? Yeah. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Who invited him? <laughs> exactly. I'm going to haunt that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's so cool, man. Thank you so much for sharing amazing experiences, personal experiences. Super interesting. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Um, yeah, um, I'm. I'm just really. I'm. I'm honored that uh, you allowed me to share my dad's story tonight. 
especially oh, that's tonight. An honor. That's an honor. He's, he's here with me. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. I mean, I, I was very close to, to both my granddads that have passed over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I quite often smell them. I'll oh, get, really? I'll get a, a smell. I'll smell my granddad's old aftershave that I, I don't even know what it was, to be honest, but I know the smell. And I'm like, oh, my granddad's here. I just sort of get that. That's how I give myself goosebumps now. But that's, <laughs> that's how, so I, 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 that's how I would feel that they're there. I, I feel like I can sometimes smell them. I don't know if that's something that can happen or. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, scent is definitely a way that that spirits can convey their presence, and um, usually, although it's harder for a like for a pet in spirit to create a scent it's easier for a human to because humans will just use scent they, they won't try to be seen and heard at the same time so they'll just use scent like like a, a cologne or a, a cigar or a scent of uh, roses or flowers or something like that so that's that's look- their way of letting you know that they're there mm-hmm. yeah so wow. when you smell the that scent was it was that date <clears throat> relative to his birthday or his passing or your birthday or some um, some other event i'm gonna need to start noting down okay. dates because i don't normally do i should do I should note down dates mm-hmm. it's weird because with the smell thing when i smell my granddad's and that, that sounds weird but <laughs> when i when i get their smell um it's never normally when i'm thinking about it or you know i don't say oh granddaddy there and I'll just get the smell and it will just come out of nowhere. And I'm like, smell my granddad. And I just know it's them. It's weird. So when they do that, when they kind of appear out of nowhere, they, they do that because we're usually either stressed or we're thinking about them um, or we need some kind of comfort um, or we need to take care of ourselves. And that's usually when they show up. Okay. Yeah. So, you have to think back about that one too. Yeah, for sure. I quite, <laughs> I quite often have them in dreams as well. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is when, so in my dream, I can literally hug them and, and feel them. And it's so real. It feels very real. These dreams, I wake up and I'm like, that just felt like I was just with my granddad. Like It's really weird. I have that every now and again as well with both my granddads. Uh, That's that's really special because dreams are the easiest way for spirits to communicate with us because our logical mind is asleep. That's what dispels what we experience. But when you, when you have that tactile feeling, when you can actually feel them, hug them, uh, kiss them, whatever, that's a deeper dream. That's, that's what I call a visit instead. It means you have a much deeper connection than, than in just a dream. So that's really special. It's rare. That's, that's cool. Oh wow! Because that—that's something I experienced. I've experienced quite a lot. That's that's cool. Yeah, that's a rare. Uh, it's a rare thing, and it's a, a really wonderful gift to be yeah. able to do that. Because so many of us would like to hug our, you know, our loved ones from the other side, and and they give us that opportunity as long as they have enough energy to do that. That that's again, it all comes back to how much energy do they have? Yeah super interesting and so confident as well wow yeah 
Rob, thank thank you so much, man. I have loved having you on the show. It's been absolutely awesome. You're welcome on here anytime, man. Oh well, thank you. I, I've I really enjoyed talking to you. I mean, we've 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 had a great discussion. Um, I would I would love to come back and tell you some really cool stories more about how crazy stories about how pets communicated or any of the ghosts I met on vacation. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Have you just quickly have you ever have you ever had a um encounter spirit that's sort of not been welcoming, not been a nice experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two of them. <laughs> One Do you of mind them was if on, we get into that or yeah, sure. One of them was on a paranormal investigation. We were investigating a place called Cocky's Tavern in Maryland. It's uh it, it was an old tavern back in the 1700s and uh which is not old to the folks that live in England of course but it is old in the US <laughs> and um the owner was complaining of or, um noises and different things and when i went in there i sensed that there was a man there on the first floor and he didn't he was not nice and um so i, I didn't pursue him because he was irritable so when i left the manager of the group called me and she emailed me a, an EVP, um, so a, a voice clip that they got in that same room. And it was a male voice, clearly a male voice, and it said, kill Rob. <laughs> and I just thought, okay, I'm not going back there. Wow. No, <laughs> yeah, man. So he, so he was a jerk. Um, and then the only other place that I ran into a really irritable guy was in the back of Greyfriars Bobby Cemetery in Scotland. Oh wow. Yeah. There's a guy he so it's it's very rare that a cemetery is haunted, but this particular guy was uh not well liked, I'm putting it lightly, by a lot of people. <laughs> um and he used to go out and he used to in his life, this is what I got from him, he would go and kind of hang out in the cemetery because nobody liked seeing him because he was an irritable, nasty man. Um, so in death, he decided to hang out in the back of the cemetery where he used to go in life. Um, and when I, when I went back there, I didn't know that there was, you know, I didn't know there was a ghost back there. And as I approached the back there, uh, it's covered over. Um, he said, get out <laughs> to me. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, well, uh, I will. <laughs> and I did. Is it is it possible to pass a spirit like that on to the other side? Or were they just not? No. Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends on their personality. So uh, as, a, as a member of Inspired Ghost Tracking, we, we combine our emotional energies together. It, it takes like four or five of us to open a doorway to the other side. That's why individual ghosts don't have enough energy to just cross over. So it takes like four or five people, living people, to combine their energies to do that. Um, but they have to be able to – they have to want to go over. You know – if you're stubborn in life, you're going to be stubborn in death. Um, we do call on the relatives and spirit from the other side to help us convince them to go across. Um, but sometimes it doesn't work. So, wow. so that, you know, for all I care, that guy can just sit there and. Yeah. 
be miserable. <laughs> be miserable for the rest of his afterlife. That must be a, a, an amazing feeling when you get someone over that line and calling on their family to come and help. That must be amazing. Oh gosh, yeah, I can I can tell you a whole bunch of cases that we did, but um, I yeah. we can do it another time. This another time, like, man, because we'll go on all but, night. I've got. More and more I, questions. <laughs> I will tell you that when when we cross somebody over, what's really weird is that we always experience a burst of warm air that comes from where we cross them over. Interesting. It's always a burst of warm air, and that's how that's our confirmation. And I think that has something to do with the energy and the molecules of the air that get excited um, when we cross them over. So again, it's energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything's energy, man. Yeah. Yeah, super, super interesting. Rob, thank you so much. You're going to have to come back on because I've got more questions for you. So, okay, tell me, hold, hold on to do it another time. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you and your work? Sure. Uh, well, all my books are on Amazon. They're on Amazon around the world. So, Amazon UK, Amazon.com, Amazon AU, everywhere, Amazon. Um, they're, uh, I'm self-published, so I price them as low as I possibly can because I want people to read them and learn from them. Um, and uh, I'm on I'm on robgutrow.com, and if you can't remember my name, type in petspirits.com. <laughs> I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and other places. And I do write a blog every every week about a paranormal topic and I post on social media every single day questions and readings that I've done and all kinds of things. And I do pet readings on weekends. <laughs> I'm booked out a year in advance. Wow. Um, Cause I only do them on weekends until I retire next year. Um, so, and I give lectures to fundraising lectures to animal rescues. So if anybody is listening in the U S um, look at my events page, um, I stay busy in my spare time outside of work. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll... My, I'm, I'm finishing my 11th book, by the way, just so you know. Wow. 11th. It's, it's ghosts of Ireland on the medium's vacation. Sounds very good. excited about that one. Wow. Awesome stuff. Well, I will share the links. We'll be in the show description. Rob, thank, thank you. you so much. Sir. I look forward to talking to you more. Oh, likewise. You, you're, you are such a pleasure to talk to, Tommy, and we have so much more to talk about. So. Awesome. Thank you very Thank much. You. I'll speak to you soon. looking out into the darkness and then you see a figure but it's darker than the darkness i just get this like really creepy feeling and i see this uh this like shadowy demon looking figure in the front seat of the car she used to come into my room at night and stand right by my bed and i just was petrified i remember i saw something fly by my bedroom window we heard the bathroom door shut so then we looked out my bedroom window down the hallway and the bathroom door was wide open so we came around the bend and we saw eye shine this thing stood up i mean it stood up 
and it had high pointed ears, it had a snout, it had a long arm, and it just, it grabbed the deer.